Have you ever sung an art song in Spanish, Catalan, or Portuguese? If so, how do you identify a Latin American art song? Have you had problems distinguishing between a Latin American folk song or art song? In today's episode, we will try to solve these questions. So, let's start! listening to the Latin American and Iberian Art Song Podcast, a program to discover composers, poets, songs, and everything about the world of Latin American and Spanish song. My name is Patricia Caicedo. I'm a soprano and musicologist and the author of the Latin American art song Sounds of the Imagined Nations. I have published nine books with scores of Latin American and Iberian art songs. I have performed this repertoire around the world and have recorded 11 CDs. I'm the founder of the Barcelona Festival of Song, a summer program for classical singers devoted to studying the Latin American and Iberian art song repertoire in Spanish, Catalan, and Portuguese. The festival arrives to its 17th year in 2021. Hello friends of the Latin American and Iberian Art Zone podcast. My name is Patricia Caicedo, I'm in Barcelona and today we are talking about the International Day of Latin American and Iberian Art Zone. In 2021, we are celebrating for the first time the International Day of Latin American and Iberian Art Zone. This is very exciting because it is an opportunity to show appreciation for art song in Spanish, Portuguese, and Catalan and highlight the composers, poets, and performers who have contributed to creating and preserving this important part of the world's musical heritage. To celebrate this important day, Mundo Arts and the Barcelona Festival of Song are organizing a global concert with singers from all over the world. You can participate, you must be wondering how. So to participate in it, you have to send a video performing an art song in Spanish, Catalan or Portuguese before May 4th. This is a wonderful opportunity to express our love and appreciation for this repertoire and for its composers, poets, performers. And all videos will be shared in our social networks and the first 12 or the 12 selected by our panel of experts will participate in the online global concert to celebrate the International Day of Latin American and Iberian Song on May the 11th. This challenge is open to singers of all ages and moments of vocal development. This is not a competition. It is a place to share our talents and love for art song and for celebrating diversity in music. The selected singers who appear on, at the global concert will be also invited to this podcast. We will have a podcast episode in which they tell us 
why they are interested in this repertoire, why they send the video, etc. So this will be very exciting, but this is not ending here because all participants, everybody, all singers who sent videos will have the opportunity to obtain special rewards. For example, the singers and pianists who send songs in Portuguese, Catalan and indigenous languages and also songs written by women composers will have special rewards, surprise. And the top three performances will be awarded half scholarship to participate in the Barcelona Festival of Song. They go to place to learn the history and interpretation of the Latin American and Iberian art song genre. All participants will receive special discounts on scores, books, classes, and CDs at mundoarts.com. So this is very exciting, and I really encourage you to be part of this celebration. This is the first time in history we have this opportunity to express our love for Latin American and Iberian art song and to proudly express the, the, our appreciation for this genre, for these composers, for this music, and also allowing audiences of the world to benefit from the beauty of this music that probably they don't know. So I encourage you to send your videos and to apply for this challenge before May 4th. But now going to our next topic, that is the topic of performance practice of the Latin American and Iberian art song. Some of you, including the ones who are thinking in participating in the challenge, will be probably asking yourself, oh, but what kind of song should I submit? Because sometimes singers are disoriented, singers and audiences too, are disoriented about what is an art song, a Latin American or Iberian art song, or how to distinguish between an art song or folk song when we are in the territory of Latin American and Iberian song. And this disorientation, this confusion is due to the fact, to, to many factors, but one of them, and probably the most important, is the fact that singers, classical singers, are trained during their university of conservatory years, exclusively learning the Western European vocal repertoire. So they don't know the codes or, or the ways to perform the performance practice of other repertoire, including the Latin American and Iberian one. So for that same reason, there is a tendency that when singers, classical singers, would perform a work by a Latin American or Iberian composer, they do it in the same way that they would perform an operatic aria or a German lead, as their training in Central Western European repertoire dictates. However, this approach to performance distorts the style and decontextualizes the pieces. Performers, listeners, and music agents alike run into the difficulty too, of defining placing the Latin American art song repertoire, in part because of the reason I just mentioned, the educational institutions not including this repertoire in their curricula, and also because they have some prejudice or preconceptions that are widely extended that assign classical music only to Western Europe and the rest of the world, meaning in this case Latin America and the Iberian Peninsula, they see them only as 
productors of folk and popular music. So they are completely disoriented. They don't know what is uh, an art song or a folk song. And sometimes, for example, a few years ago, I received an email from a classical singer who said, uh, Dear Patricia, I'm writing you to ask you a question. I'm participating in a competition in which they require me to sing, it's an obligation to include one song, art song by Latin American composer. Should I include, for example, Cielito Lindo? De la sierra morena, cielito lindo, vienen bajando Un par de ojitos negros, cielito lindo, de contrabando De la sierra morena... Cielito lindo is a very well-known folk popular song. So that singer was completely disoriented, confused. He didn't know what, what in which territory was him, so he didn't even know what kind of song to include for this competition. Same thing could happen with this challenge. So, and this is also because art song and folk popular song in Latin American and Iberian repertoire are very close together. They are close related. They nurture each other. For example, the art song, uh, German art song or the German lead, the one that we know as lead, it was born in the 18th or 19th centuries in a moment of nationalistic journey in which these territories, these regions were looking for what identified them, what they make them unique because they were looking what defined me as nation, what gives my identity. So in the Germanic countries, they decided that one of the most important identity traits was language. So composers like Schubert, Schumann, Wolf, they look into their most outstanding poets, for, for example, Goethe, Schilling. So they said, let's set to music the poems of our greatest poets, because language is what defines us. So they started composing short compositions for voice and piano in which they set to music the poems of the greatest poets and composers and performers, pianists and singers were at the service of the poem. The whole intention was highlighting the poetic meaning. The word is the most important in this genre. And also, uh, from that moment on, the piano, the accompaniment, started to have a, a very important role, same as the voice, because both voice and piano were needing a net, I mean, to highlight the poem, the meaning of the poem. So not anymore a piano behind just making chords to let the, the singer shine. No, no, no. In art song, singer and pianist are both in the same level, creating a whole universe that enhances the meaning of the poem. So this is an art song. But also an art song is defined by the context in which is, it is presented. Because usually those songs were presented in salons, it was parlor music, or nowadays they are presented in concert halls in which the audience has a certain way of interacting with the performers. For example, the art song 
audiences are passive in a way that they are sitting down, they are hearing attentive, they are not interrupting the performance or the screaming, they are only allowed to applaud at the end of a song cycle, for example, or at the end of a song. So there are a lot of conventions that form this performance practice, conventions that are the ways in which the song is presented, the environments in which these songs are presented to. For example, one of the other conventions for the art song genre is that the training of the singer and the pianist, because we expect of them to have a specific technique that allows them to project their voices without the need, for example, of amplifications, and they have to also be able to read music, notated music, to reproduce exactly as they are reading the sheet music. So the art song is this song that is notated that was intentionally written for the venue of the classical music, if we could say. In contrast, for example, the folk song, the folk song is learned by ear in most of the times and is passed from one person to the other. And the folk singer, for example, they also have a technique, but this technique is not learned uh, usually at music schools or conservatories. No, it's passed from generation to generation, from performer to performer, trial and error. And the, the performer, the singer of the folk song needs to be exposed to these environments in which he or she hears other folk singers and learns by imitation the way of speaking, projecting the voice, using the body. Also the audiences, their conventions are different. Usually they are more, much more active and they participate by sometimes screaming or clapping in the middle of the song. Of There are a lot of conventions that make the whole performance environment of the art song different than the performance environment of the folk song or pop song. So this is what we call the performance practice, is this whole conjunction of many, many, many factors that are include the way in which a word is presented or performed, interpreted, but also all the environmental factors and the behavioral elements from performers and audiences too. So if you see, all these factors are the ones who define and place a song in the world of art song, of folk song. But the fact that a song, for example, let's think in a song like Se equivocó la paloma, for example. Se equivocó la paloma is a song that was written by our beloved Carlos Guastavino. We already devoted an entire program to talk about Carlos Guastavino with Dr. Silvina Luz Mantilla from the expert in Guastavino in Argentina. So Guastavino wrote this song thinking in the song uh, as an art song. He was thinking in this song for the art song perform recital environment. He was thinking in a singer who has the training of a 
classical singer and the quality of emission of the voice of the classical singer, for example. But this song became famous all around the world thanks to a pop singer who in the 70s made a version of this song whose name is Juan Manuel Serrat. So this song became a world famous song and it came to be known by most of the people as a pop song, but originally it was written as an art song. So what happened? Se equivocó la paloma, se equivocaba. Por ir al norte fue al sur, creyó que el trigo era agua, se equivocaba. What I'm talking about here is that the song, the, especially the Latin American and Iberian song, is very flexible. So it can move from one place to the other, from the world of folk to the art song according to the placement of all the agents who produce significance in the world of song. Let me explain you what I'm talking about when I say the agents who produce significance. So the agents who produce significance in the world of song are, let's say, the composer, the singer, the pianist, the music publisher, the venue owner, the audience, all these people who are participating on the performance ritual, if I could say. They are all the ones who produce meaning in this world of song. For example, if I sing Se equivocó la paloma, if Patricia Caicedo, for example, being a classical singer, training the Western classical singing tradition, sings that song in a concert hall, let's say let's do it in the Carnegie Hall, let's dream big. So I'm singing this song in Carnegie Hall. Everybody's sitting there, hearing very attentive. I'm dressed like Rano. No one singing this song with voice and piano. This is an art song. Nobody can deny that this is an art song. Thank you. 
If let's say um, Juan Manuel Serrat or any other fo folk singer sings this song in a stadium, big stadium with a, an arrangement for many instruments and the audience is jumping and clapping and in the Madison Square Garden. Let's situate the whole thing in New York. So... This song, the same song, is a popular song. What happened there? We change the, the meaning producing agents were changed. So this singer is not a, a singer of, with a classical training. It's a pop singer. He has another technique, another way of projecting the voice, another way of interacting, moving the body. He is using amplification. He's in a whole different environment. And the song immediately, the same song, is transported from the original place where it was created as an art song and it became a pop song. So this movement can happen in the opposite direction. For example, in 2001, in my first CD, I recorded in my CD called Art Songs of Latin America. I recorded a song called Navidad Negra. Navidad Negra is a Colombian song composed by José Barros Palomino. It's in a cumbia rhythm. And this song was written as a folk song. This song, due to its mass diffusion, was relocated as a, from folk song to popular song. And it became famous all over Colombia thanks to a singer called La Negra Grande de Colombia. The La Negra Grande de Colombia, Leonor González Minas, was of course an African descendant, uh, Colombian, the great black woman from Colombia, and she's a national symbol. And she sung this song with a band of popular musicians. And this song is a cumbia, a dance song, very popular. All Colombians of all ages, we have danced this song in parties and in celebrations. <laughs> En la playa blanca de arena caliente Y con Raquel 
los cantares El pescador de mi tierra del pescador De mi tierra del pescador De mi tierra del pescador De mi tierra song that originally came from folk popular sources and change it, move it, transport it from the environment in which was originally created and interpreted with an arrangement for voice and piano, also in a key that was high and according to my technique and also when I sing this song in an CD that is called Art Songs of Latin America, or if I sing this song in this concert, imaginary concert that we are talking about in the Carnegie Hall with all these black tie people sitting very serious and well behaved. <laughs> so this song immediately became an art song. gives us the, a power to transport the, the song is very flexible the only thing we have to know very well is to know the style so for the singers it demands to be able to do these movements demands to know very well the folk traditions to honor them to understand the rhythms and so when you interpret it you don't make this cumbia into a very stiff german lead because you would be killing the song and you would be decontextualizing this song. It is easy to find many examples of the flexibility of the art song, of the song genre, the Latin American and Iberian song genre, how songs can move from the world of folk, popular music to the art song or vice versa. So the song is very flexible. Some of you must be thinking, but oh, but art songs must have great poetry, great poems. So some folk and popular songs also have great poems. Now, I remember just now thinking in the beautiful things, be, uh, beautiful songs belonging to the Trova Cubana or the Tropicalia movement in Brazil or many boleros and rancheras who have beautiful, exquisite, Text. And now it comes to my mind uh, a CD I wrote the liner notes very recently, a few months ago. I wrote the notes for um, a CD published by Deutsche Gramophone of Rolando Villazón and Xavier de Mestres. In this CD, they were singing Latin American songs arranged for voice and harp. And some of the songs they chose belonged to the Trova Cubana style, this style of popular music that was 
popular in the 60s, 70s, 80s. And so nobody would think of that music as art song. But when a singer like Villazón performed with his technique and in the context in which he performs, the song immediately transports to the world of art songs. So I will play for you a short uh, excerpt of a song called En Estos Días, a beautiful song written by the Cuban composer Silvio Rodríguez, one of the most important exponents of the Trova Cubana. <laughs> composition En Estos Días. So this same song was recently recorded in this CD Serenata Latina by Villazón and the Mestre. So let's hear how this same song sounds. <laughs> días todo el viento del mundo sopla en tu dirección la osa mayor corrige la punta de su cola y te corona con la estrella que guía la mía los mares se han torcido con un poco dolor hacia tus costas la lluvia dibuja en tu cabeza la sed de millones de árboles. Las flores te maldicen muriendo celosas. En estos días no sale el sol sino tu rostro. En el silencio sordo del tiempo gritan tus ojos. Hay de estos días terribles, hay de lo indescriptible. Y 
we can clearly see how the song moved from the world of popular song to the world of art song. So this is showing us the flexibility of song. So when discovering this flexibility of the art song, I could compare it with what the famous artist Marcel Duchamp, a 19th century French visual artist, he created the ready-mades. He, Marcel Duchamp, was famous because probably some of you have heard of him or have seen his works and famous museums in the world because Marcel Duchamp was invited to a very important museum in Paris to present one of his works. And whoa, surprise, when he arrived with a toilet. The toilet you have in your bathroom at home, that same toilet. He took a toilet and put it in the middle of this famous museum in Paris. And, and everybody was asking him, but what are you doing? What are you bringing a toilet here? This is not art. So he said, yes, this is art because I'm placing this object of mass production that ordinarily has another meaning and use, I'm placing this object in another context and, are in, and I am investing this of meaning. I'm assigning this to this object certain meaning and in putting this toilet in the um, Louvre, this toilet becomes a work of art. With that act, he inaugurated what he called the ready-mates. And the ready-mates were objects of mass production who could become, by the volition of the will of the artist, become works of art when they were displaced and put in a different context. So we are doing something similar when we are displacing, don't say a toilet, another famous ready-made of Marcel Duchamp was the bicycle wheel. He took a bicycle wheel and placed it in a pedestal and put it in the middle of the museum. And he said, this is art. Why? Because I say it. And because this is in the place, in the appropriate place, the context. So I, this is food for thought, amigos, because with this, what I'm saying to you, to all the singers who we are thinking in sending art songs or songs for this song challenge is that you can send all kind of songs and you can place them in the art song environment according to the performance practice, meaning your technique, the arrangement, the way in which you present it, the place in which you present it, etc. If you would like to learn more about performance practice of the Latin American art song and learn all the details and and all the things I have reflected about it, you can read an entire chapter about performance practice in my book, The Latin American Art Song, Sounds of the Imagined Nations, published by Lexington Press in the United States and published by Mundo Arts in Spanish. And the title in Spanish is Los Sonidos de las Naciones Imaginadas. This book is the history of the Latin American art song and also has this chapter about performance practice. For now, amigos, this is all about performance practice and I only want you to encourage you very, very much to participate in this challenge because it will be a beautiful opportunity to express your love for the art song genre and for the song in Spanish, Portuguese, Catalan and indigenous language. 
for today, no more. And I expect to you subscribe to this podcast. Every Wednesday there is a new episode. And goodbye from Barcelona. For listening to the Latin American and Iberian Art Zone podcast. This episode was brought to you thanks to listeners like you. If you enjoyed today's show, head over to patriciacaicedo.com slash podcast, subscribe to gain access to our free resources, and consider making a donation to ensure our future. Muchas gracias. <laughs>